Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting podcast. Visit our website at oalaig.org where you'll find several speaker feeds with over 400 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Debbie. Hi, I'm Debbie, recovering compulsive overeater, anorexic. Hi, Debbie. Um, wow, this meeting is always really big at the first January. Um, <laughs> um, um, congratulations, happy birthday. Wow, everything you guys said, it just like this is definitely home for me. I've been to qualify. I've been in these rooms since I was 23. That's 24 years ago. <laughs> um, I did take a hiatus when, like, when I first came in, I, I was, I had, like, no sugar. It was my thing. And then thought my first husband would be a good higher power. That, <laughs> not a good idea. Nor was my second husband a good higher power. Um, but, so, basically, I don't know where I originally heard of OA. All I know is that I remember just distinctly my very my last binge that you know was on because the sugar was definitely and it's still uh you know my my total drug of choice but i had a big binge of like teddy grams and hot tamales and woke up from another from passing out from it and somehow called the oa hotline and i don't even know if there's oa hotline anymore (laughs) you go to the internet now but um and I showed up to the Hill Street meeting, and I was, I was done. I just remember just crying the whole time. I got a sponsor in my first meeting, and then I became an OA cheerleader and wanted everybody I knew that had a problem with food to join OA, and it doesn't work like that. <laughs> um, and I was kind of a miserable person to be around because I just became very controlling with, you know, I can't have this and I can't eat that, but that's what I had to do at that time. Um, so I went through a few sponsors because I had to learn that my sponsor wasn't my everything, wasn't my God, my mom, my dad. It was just someone that was in program that was helping me through the steps. But it took me quite a few years to learn that. And I remember after I, I had moved to San Francisco, I was like, I was done with having sponsors dump me. And it was like five years was my hiatus, and then I went through my divorce, and I remember wandering the streets of San Francisco trying to find a meeting, because once the seed was planted, I still had my, I mean, I have my original for today reader that's like taped together and has all my dates of when I had absence, and, um, you know, it just, I knew I had to come back to meetings, and then it took a little while when I, I came back to L.A., and then by 2000, I definitely recommitted, and, you know, I started a no sugar again then, and then currently I have 13 and a half years of abstinence, and it's a much different abstinence now. It's no binging, no starving, not leaving the program, not leaving the planet Earth, because my story is one that I've tried to take with my life quite a few times. I've been in hospitals, and... The last time I did where my ex-husband found me, and it was like, okay, this isn't being really abstinent, you know. And then I was trying to do the no sugar thing again and, you know, digging brownies out of garbage cans. And it was just like I couldn't do it, and I finally just I made an abstinence that I could live with. 
and my food plan is different. It's, you know, three meals a day and two snacks, and I can basically eat what I want, and it's, but I, I know food starts talking to me in my house. It's like, no, this can't be in my house anymore. Um, and so I don't have a lot of food in my house. And, and but, um, and, when, and it, you know, I mean, I've been in program for a long time, but I'm still compulsive overeater and anorexic. And, and, and thank God I have these tools, all these tools, because I know for a fact I would not be alive. The fact that I'm 47 is, I, I do not feel like I'm 47. <laughs> but, um, so just a little bit of my history, I was basically adopted into adopted when I was one, one month old into a family of addicts, compulsive eaters, and I was supposed to save their marriage, and that did not work because it, by the time I was eight, my my adopted father had divorced. I mean, he had an affair. My adopted mother found out she was pregnant two weeks before he asked for divorce. And then I became mom and dad to everybody when I was eight. So, my, yeah, I did not have much of a childhood. I just remember just, you know, I hit, by the time I was 13, I think I hit a really bad depression. Um, I just, my, I just remember being just in and out of hospitals, you know, all through high school, through. Then I finally went away to college. I came here to go to FITM and things things changed a bit but for me I, I know that I don't think I was born with this disease because I part of my story too is I did meet my natural mother uh, 27 years ago and when I met that my natural my blood family I was like you're the family I always wanted <laughs> you know um, but you know there, there was still there's challenges with that and that's um, but I know like just from when I was very young, you know, I was always forced to eat what was on my plate. And, you know, just this horrible liver and just food I did not want to eat. And I would have to just sit there. They would not let me leave the table. So I just learned how to, like, chew it up, go spit it out. Just, you know, I always had this weird, I just never had, I always had weird relationship with food. And, um, you know, just sneaking, just... You know, and then I, I was, because thank you, Tiana, for asking me to leave. And she asked me like a month ago, so you have a lot of time to think about what you're going to share when you're up here. Um, and then I've learned you just share whatever God wants you to share. Um, but all through high school, I was like, no wonder nothing, I didn't learn anything. I wasn't eating. I mean, I was, I just, I never ate. I was depressed all the time. Um, I was put on meds when I was very young. You know, I had extreme anxiety. Um you know, it's just, and the first words that ever came out of my mouth was like, I'm adopted. You know, it's like, I don't belong to these people. You know, I just, I never felt like I connected, these weren't my people. And I mean, I think I finally found my people when I came into these rooms. I mean, I just, as soon as I walked in, I was like, oh my God, there's people that feel the same way I do. Um, but, you know, that was, it, it's, yeah, these, let's see. So, yeah, so like, I don't, childhood, teenagers, it, I think life was just, was rough. I don't remember a lot of good times. Um, by the time, when I was 23, when I came in here, it was like, you know, I I met my first husband shortly after. No one really told me not to date when you first come into the program. Um, that might have been a good idea, but it was actually, it was a healthy relationship for the period of time it was. I mean, I wasn't that healthy. I was just 
just coming in, I didn't know how to be in a relationship without fighting or because that's what all I knew. And so, you know, that relationship was pretty dysfunctional. And, you know, and then my, my next relationship that was, you know, 12 years, which is quite a long time that, you know, I mean, that God, you know, God, your picker is what it is at that time. And, you know, God put this person in my life. And I know I've learned in this program not to have regrets, you know, but I'm like, God, 12 years of my life, I was in this relationship that, you know, was basically roommates with investments. And um, <laughs> don't, don't, I'm never going to do that again. But um, I think like the last uh, three and a half years since, yeah, three and a half years since my divorce, what is I've grown so much. I be, just became, I mean, I just didn't even realize how much I had grown when, when my sponsor that I have now, who's been my sponsor, it was my 10th year working with her, which is a very special relationship. And the fact that I contextual, I need to talk now, you know, and she's like, okay, call me. Um, you know, and, and, and I guess it just takes what it takes until you're willing to do the work. You know, and I have gone through the steps many times in this program, but I did not know how to deal with relationships. And my sponsor kept telling me to go to another room, and I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. And then finally, you know, I had another story to tell about how many men I'd been with that week or whatever, and, you know, my sponsor was like, no, <laughs> get to that room, and... And I was willing. I was finally willing to walk into Al-Anon by the time, the same way I did when I was 23, crying, just going, I do not know how to do this, you know. And I've learned that the credits don't transfer from this program into that program. You know, I'm working the steps completely. I've been in there two years working them. But I've also learned all my sponsors and sponsors in this room, they're also in that room because, it's you know, it's, you know, I just, for me, it's the graduate program. It's like I have to, it's given me even more tools to put in my toolbox. And if I didn't have all these tools that I've learned in these rooms, I mean, I know for a fact I would not be alive um, because I just, I didn't know how to live. And um, so it's, it's a, just, it's a real gift, even the, you know, I'm I, every day I drive into work, and I tell my sponsor, okay, with the intention, I might just most times just leaving a message that, you know, I have an ad, an attitude of gratitude. You know, I may not want to go to work and show up, but I gotta, and I'm grateful I have the work, and I learn how to pause and not react, um, which I don't do perfectly, but I'm doing it way better in the workplace than I, I've ever done it, and. Um, and I mean, just like in the this last year was really challenging with work, and I, you know, I really my the old my old self was just said forget about it. I'm walking out. I'm not going to deal with this. I don't need these people. Blah, blah. And I don't do that anymore. You know, I don't. And I mean, like the last seven months is like really kind of mind blowing to me what happened in my life. I mean, I came back from a vacation. And I said, I'm going to stop saying I can't and say I can. And all these, th these things I kept saying that I would never build a buy property again, you know, because after my divorce, I was never going to find love again in my life. This isn't going to happen. You know, it's like, and I kept 
putting myself out there. And here I am to, to say today I bought a condo. I moved December 17th. This a beautiful home that I never thought I would be able to do again. Um, I have the most healthy relationship in my life that I've ever experienced. Um, and it's also, it's, it, it's a, I mean, I, I just don't even know how it happened. I mean, I think it's, I, I put it in my life by being open, you know, and doing things differently and trusting, like, okay, I, you know, just, like, my sponsor would always have me just practice trusting, you know, because, you know, I thought my second marriage is like, okay, this is for life, you know, I'm planning our retirement and doing all this, and it wasn't for life, and for me, it's like nothing is, I, in, like, my boyfriend now is like, he, 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 he's, he's 10 years younger than I am, and he sees it like forever, and I'm like, nothing's forever, you know, I'm like, I look at it as today, you know, it's like right where my feet are, that's how I have to live my life, because if I start going in the future and what's going to happen, and I've learned I can't ever say never either, because that's my will, God's will is like, be open, you know, I've learned to like to pray for an open mind and a new experience, and um, I'm still, even though I can have really good things in my life, I can be still crying, and I not know why, because it's feelings, you know, I don't want to feel, and I've learned I have to feel, because, you know, after you've been in program as long as I have, you, uh, you really can't do the thing, you can't do things the same way you used to. I mean, I used everything I could possibly use to not feel growing up. Drugs, alcohol, sex, food, you know, just whatever I could do so I did not, so I could be numb, because I did not want to feel the pain. And, you know, the, it's amazing how you just, I, for me, I just continually, there's, you know, I, this, the, you know, the big book, the, all, you know, the daily readers, it says the same thing, but you can read it again and again, you're like, oh, I didn't read that before, you know, I didn't remember reading that before, and, you know, it's like that, you know, light bulb goes off, and you're just like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm willing to do this now, you know, I wasn't, you know, I mean, it took me 12 years to have a therapist telling me my relationship. She's like, you have an emotional relationship, not a physical relationship. I was like, really? <laughs> it took me 12 years to figure that out? I was like, okay. Um, but, you know, and that, I mean, that relationship, I mean, it, the holidays were, had been so hard because we decided to divorce on Thanksgiving. And we went through the holidays and, and it was, you know, the elephant in the room. Everyone knew we were breaking up and this holiday was a whole different ball game it was like I had I had a not even with my I mean my ex-husband and I now we I mean we did have a divorce with dignity which was actually was a gift because being in this room you know I've had I went through one divorce without the program and one divorce in program and it's it was definitely it was it was hard it was it was I think it was harder than I thought it was going to be afterwards dealing with being alone and dating and all the feelings but what got me through is these rooms that you know and sponsoring it's like I'm you know I'm calling my sponsor driving you know numerous times I got to be a service I can't want to die right now because I got to be there for my sponsor you know so I got to you know, figure it out you know but then it's like okay I have to breathe and a lot of times I'm like oh I'm breathing out but I'm forgetting to breathe in and it's like breathing in faith breathing out fear I mean, I have it tattooed on my wrist, and my friend would be like, she's like, look at your wrist, you know, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right, 
you know, and um, I mean, people that know me, I have quite a few tattoos, and, you know, my stomach was always, and, and it, it's still, you know, body issues are still an, an issue, but not like they were. I mean, I would just hit myself. I hated, I don't remember a time that I liked my body or liked, and I had to get that gratification from somebody else that told me that I was okay. You know, I had to get a big tattoo on my stomach to be okay with my stomach. And and now I know, like, man, I adopted mom. She did the best she could, but I, you know, she didn't want me to be fat like her. And I always just saw dieting and this and that. It was just, it was, that's all, it was, it was all about dieting and um, me not being like that, you know. And then my sister being born where she had, you know, she was much bigger than me because you know, I wasn't from their gene pool. I was just a different person. That was always, oh, it's a small daddy, you know. And um, so I kind of thrived on that being small and perfect. And, and now I know it's like I don't have to be perfect. I don't want to be perfect. You know, I'm not perfect. And But my mom, my adopted mom, I mean, at three years old, I mean, I can still remember, I was like in a yellow, pink polka dot bikini. And she was telling me to suck my stomach in. And to this day, I mean, I just have to work on letting air in my stomach and letting it's okay to let my stomach out, you know. Um, which, you know, it's like I've learned, it's like I can't blame it on my parents anymore. It's like they did the best they could. But it's like, man, they didn't know how to be parents. And I remember my dad saying in one of my big therapy sessions at one of the hospitals I was in well if she would have been a boy I wouldn't know how to deal with her I'm like you guys had a choice you adopted me I'm like you know you didn't have to have me you know but I was like okay you know but, yeah they're, they're special you know um and you know it's you know, and I still, I've had to learn, like, my relationship, like, when I met my natural mother, I mean, it was like, it was like, wow, I mean, we, genes, I mean, we look so much alike, we are very much alike, but she also, she's not capable of giving, being emotionally there, but she can throw money at it, you know, and, um, and it was very tough after my second divorce because they loved my ex-husband and they kept inviting him to all the holidays. And so I wasn't showing up, you know, and, you know, it took a while to, or her, her sister to talk to me, my aunt, and I had to tell her, you know, I mean, yeah, we're, we're friends, but still, he's my ex-husband. It's like we're going through, you know, our own um, transitions and having him at Thanksgiving and Christmas, where I'm supposed to be the daughter you want here, you know, but this Christmas, you know, I brought my boyfriend, and, um, you know, it was definitely different, um, you know, our families met, um, and I still, I just have to take all this, like, one day at a time, because it is a very serious, committed relationship, but he also works crazy hours and he was in the film business and you know it's it's hard like I'm used to when I was in relationship my other relationships they always went very fast we're together all the time we moved in together we got married and it clearly was my will now it's like you know my big thing on this in this relationship is I do not want to lose myself because I will do that I will lose myself and in the relationship and forget about me 
and my program and um, what I have to do to stay healthy. And in this relationship, he sees me for me and I get to be me and which is still hard because I my my ex and I we fought a lot and now I remember I used to always say to people if you're not fighting then you don't have a good relationship because you've got to fight to get it out you know and because that's how I dealt with things until I learned how to be in a relationship or just to be in all relationships that I don't have to always be right I can listen I don't have to yell you know I don't have it doesn't have to be all drama because I thrived on drama then I just started watching drama on TV and just <laughs> escape that way. Um, but, um, you know, so now I had a friend at work say, so aren't you worried that you guys don't fight at all? I go, no, not at all. This is wonderful. I'm like, I go, There's, we don't keep secrets. I go, we talk, we communicate. I'm like, this is, you know, cause God put this in my life. And I'm, you know, it's, it's still challenging. I have a lot of time you know on my hands but it and I'm also seeing friendships changing like once I had a you know have a, one of my best friends I'm not being the party girl with him and running around WeHo. I'm in a relationship now and and seeing that relationship change and um and one thing I've a, a great tool that's a very hard tool to do in program regarding any person that you don't particularly care for or that's bothering you um, is like to learn to pray for them, to pray, to wish that they had, to pray for them that they have everything that you want in your life and all the good things, be healthy, um, and success. And you're supposed to do that for two weeks. <laughs> and, but it's amazing. As soon as, you know, I get on my knees and do that, it definitely, I see a shift. I don't, the resentment starts to lift. You know, just like doing a 10th step, and, you know, part of a 10th step that I do is, you know, five things I did good today, five things I surrender, and five things I'm grateful for. And, you know, just staying in that place of gratitude, even though it is, like I tell my sponsors, it, you know, recovery is not easy if it was easy everyone would be doing it you know and it's um it takes a lot of work but and some days you just feel horrible and you don't want to feel the feelings and you're like why am i feeling like this and then an hour later you can have a shift and like oh that's it's not so bad after all you know and then it can you know it can go up and it can go down but it's i i know now that it will go up again you know it's like i'm not going to be in this horrible dark hole forever that and those those that those dark holes are so much smaller now because I can reach out to people and I don't because I can I can isolate and not be eating a pint of ice cream while I'm watching TV but just still be at home isolating watching TV and um that's the gift of like having to come here and speak like okay I can't just stay home or having to come meet my sponsee it's like making things to get me myself out of the house. Like for me, work I you know I've done freelance and I've done being on staff and and I and I need to be on staff. It helps me to have structure in my life to get have a reason to get up in the morning. Um, thanks. And uh, it's even and also in this program I was able to go back to school and find 
my passion. It's not I found it's also it's something I, I wanted to make a living. Today I can't make it my living. But I was able to I'm glad I found this passion of being able to like help people through art. And you know, so I help people through entertainment art for a living. But um some people say, well, entertainment. So I'm like, no, it's the craziest business you could possibly be in. But um, it's the, somehow it's the business that I'm in, and it's help. I can support myself. And that's a big thing to be able to be financially independent. And um, I mean, because I would use money too. I mean, I would go shopping. I mean, I would anything I could do to not feel, you know, and I. You know, the fact that I can be, like, live within my means and not use credit cards and not have state and have savings. And, you know, those are all gifts of this program. It's not, you know, letting the food down is the first thing. But then your whole life opens up and it can be really hard, but it can also um, be, you know, a real gift. And if I just keep saying in today and have an open mind and let new experiences happen, it's, life can, I can get through life, and some days it's full of joy, and some days not so much, but that's, you know, and then I can go to a meeting and have a shift and go, oh, you know, or, and I've learned also, it's, if I'm just so in my head, like, on New Year's, for example, my boyfriend, he ended up having to work, and I was, and a friend of mine had who's actually in program who had surgery and I was able to like oh I get to get out of my head and go be of service to someone else and to be there for them and and that was a gift I mean I was that I didn't have to be self oh I'm not gonna be with my boyfriend and it was like I just could get I didn't have to let that those emotions take me down you know because those something like that could easily take me down and um so for anyone that's new or struggling, it's you just have to just keep coming, keep reaching out, keep because um, it, it it does get better, and it, it does get hard too. But it's it it's a, I just am continually grateful that I do have these rooms, even though sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want to go, I don't want to do the writing, I don't want to do this. It's like, nope, gotta because it's not um, I'm not gonna be a very happy person to myself or to anyone else around me if I'm not doing the work in these rooms. So um, thanks for everyone for being here. So I have some time for questions. Hi. Thanks, Debbie. Um, can you talk a little bit about how your relationship with your higher power started and how it's grown? Okay, the question was um, how my my relationship with my higher power, how it started, how it's grown in recovery. I basically was raised in church, in a Lutheran church. It was kind of like, I went to a private school. It was It was all kind of forced on me. And, you know, I, as I got older, I was just, was more of like, God was, it was fearful. And it's like, why would all these bad things happen if there was a God? And then and I still kind of had a little bit like, there's something bigger than me. And then I, when I came into the rooms, it, it helped me find my higher power, just that it's, it's my higher power. And it's been a, a journey of, like, I don't talk about God outside of these rooms, you know, unless I feel safe, because 
my higher power, I, I don't, and I don't go to any particular, you know, church or anything, because for me, these rooms are my church, um, and working the steps, and it's like, as soon as I wake, because I wake up in the morning always with anxiety, but I have to say, you know, the serenity prayer, the third step prayer, and just, you know, just kind of have a conversation with God, and I have, um, I've always put kind of a rug on the side of my bed, and in my new place now, my rug is bigger, and it's my, my prayer rug, my little meditation rug, that it's like a little safe place for me to, you know, get on my knees and pray and just turn things over, and so it's just a constant dialogue, and I, and I know if I'm feeling empty, it's like, oh yeah, I can ask for my higher power, right, for help, there is something bigger than me, I don't have to do this all by myself. So that's a gift. I don't have to control everything. I can, I can breathe. Hi, Nancy. Question. Um, thank you for your share. The question is: Do you have any sayings or anything, anything you've heard in the rooms that you use to help you be, become present when your head is spinning? Anything that you have you used in that way? Um, the, que- the question was, are there any particular sayings that I use to help me stay present that I've learned in the rooms? I think there are so many, you know, the simplest, like, one day at a time, you know, live in the moment, let, let go, let go, let God. Um, and I think for me now, it's like, you know, the attitude of gratitude, like, like I shared, and just pausing, not reacting, and... Um, you know, breathe in faith, breathe out fear, which I I feel like lately, like I've been under so much stress at work, I was breathing out a lot, like I shared, but I have to remember to breathe in and to fill, let my diaphragm fill up with God, you know, and let, and breathe out the fear. So all of the things in here that I've learned, you know, and, and the steps, you know, just, I think each step is something that is part of, it's like my foundation is part of my life every day. I might not be working on a particular step, but they're just integrated in my life. Hi. Can you talk about your recovery from the relapses you've had and how it stuck this time? And the, how long you've been abstinent now since your last relapse? Okay, uh, the question was to talk about um, my the relapses I had and how it stuck this time and how much absence I have now. So I, I shared that um, I have 13 and a half years of no binging, no starving, not leaving program, not leaving the planet Earth. And I think my this has been my longest absence and my the, the absence has given me the most peace in my life that I could... Um, be able to live with and that other people could live with me because my for me I when I was very restrictive with every you know no sugar no this no that and that just that's my experience because I because of being anorexic I had to let go of that control I still have um, you know there's definitely I have issues you know my boyfriend sees me eat he's like you're just picking around your plate, you know, and it's so funny because I've had times where I would eat so fast and just inhale, and and now it's like I eat much slower. I don't have to eat everything on my plate. I mean, like, because I've been a zero and I've been a twelve, and I'm five foot four, you know, and I think a gift in the last thirteen and a half years is I've stayed the same size, and I have one, one size in my closet, 
and that's something a member of the Prenum program, she picked up a pair of pants. She goes, these are Barbie doll pants. You do not need to wear these anymore. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I guess I can throw those away. So it's like I know I can go in my closet and, like, okay, this is going to fit me. You know, and I also I learned someone in the program – Someone saying, you know, just always wear pants that button and zip so you're, so you're aware of what your size is, you know. And that's, I've had to do that because it, it, it's, you know, you're, cause you're more aware of your size if you're not wearing yoga pants, you know. Um, but that's, for me, that's what I have to do unless I'm going to go to yoga, then we're in my pajamas. But when I go to work and show up, I have to, you know, I, it helps me be aware of, what size my body is because my body can feel like I'm huge I'm like oh I'm wearing a four or six I'm really not huge you know but my head will still tell me that so it's just staying connected with my sponsor too if foods because food will start talking and if I'm stressed out like okay I don't need to eat any of that at work I don't need to get in that's not my food bring my food to work you know and just kind of back to when I've had the change is like back to basics keeping things simple you know, not getting things too crazy. Is there anyone else? Hi. Do you have a uh, food plan or, or share your food with your sponsor? Um, my, the question was, do I have a food plan or share my food with my sponsor? I don't have particular foods that I do or don't eat. I just, I kind of follow the three meals and two optional snacks. And I, and I know, for me, it, I know it's very clear to me if I haven't, because I kind of, like, between three and four hours between meals, and if I wait too long, my blood sugar drops, and I start to get really anxious. And I'm like, why am I so anxious? Why am I, oh, I haven't eaten, or my meal before was too small. So it's making sure I have enough protein in my diet. Um... And I keep things pretty simple because I find if I if I eat too much or if I eat things that are just too you know I, I right away I'll, like I I get I'll get sick you know my body will just reject it and I just kind of learned to keeping my food pretty simple it helps me but I don't have a real rigid like this is what I'm eating and I don't call in my food unless there's something like you know I've been eating this every day and I'm you know and it's got sugar in it and I'm, so I need to kind of stay away from that. So that's it. Thanks.